0: welcome to the valley church our mission is to see change lives and we hope that this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy this message well good morning hey i'm andy one of the pastors and you are
1: Taylor, also one of the pastors. All right, and
0: she's with the teens, and we've got it all here today. I mean, we're, we're from like infant all the way through to some of us that act like infants, and so we've we got the whole <laughs> spectrum today, and we're excited to share with you today because we're starting mm-hmm. a new sermon series, and you'll see on your chairs, and actually as you, as you exit, whether you go through this exit or the other exit, there are invitation cards we want you to use those to invite somebody to this series because it's going to be life changing. You know how people, like, they go to the gym for two weeks and then they're like done? Yeah. Or we're starting a new year. Are you one of those people that, like, every year you decide you're going to do something new and then it lasts for about three weeks? Well, this series is designed to break that. Are you ready for that? This series is designed to break that. And so we're doing a four week series, the book of Daniel. Why? Because Daniel, he was different. He was different. Do you know that you were made to stand out, not to fit in? Do you know that you were made to stand out, not to fit in? And that's all part of what we're gonna be talking about today. See, God didn't call us to conform. Do you know that's what the world wants us to do? No matter what age you are, whether you're in preschool, whether you're in high school, whether you're just out of school, the reality is we're never out of school, right? We always should be learning. The reality is there's a, there's a pressure from the world, from the pattern of the world, to conform. But God doesn't call us to conform. He calls us to reform. Are, are you ready for that? He, he calls us to reform. And so we're going to take a look at Daniel's life. And here's why it's so significant, because Daniel stands out. He doesn't try to fit in, he stands out. And through his life, we discover what it means not to conform. So I I, I want us to, as we look at the life of Daniel, I want us to discover what the secret is. Why Daniel's able to do that. And so, uh, let's see if the the verse is here. Here's what conform means. Are you ready for what conform means? Conform is when your friend tells you to do something or tries to get you to do something you know is wrong and you do it. That's what conform means. It means following the world around you. It means following people around you. I... uh, I brought these little props here today. Can you hold that one, yes, Taylor? Can.
1: Yep. Oh.
0: Here's what? she gets to hold the big yeah, I... one. I get to hold the little one. You yep. know what these are? Can anybody does anybody know what these are? Shout it out. Clocks. Clocks. <laughs> nice try. No, but Thermometer. Close. It does look so, like a clock. It does. Gonna, we're going to give you some grace there. Somebody else. She said what you were thinking. Come on. That's a thermometer, and this is a thermostat. <laughs> What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. A thermometer, it like senses the world around it and it changes, it adapts to the atmosphere around it. If it's 80 degrees inside, that says 80. If it's 50, that says 50. It adapts to the world around. But you know what a thermostat does? A thermostat, you set it to a certain temperature and it changes. The atmosphere. Daniel was a thermostat, not a thermometer. So here's the question for all of us as we go into this four week series Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? Are you changing according to the world around you what culture says to do, what TikTok shows us? Kind of. What Facebook says? What, what maybe our favorite cable news channel says? Or are we allowing God's word to move us? To change the temperature of our lives. And when it changes the temperature of our lives, are we willing to change the temperature of the world around us? The Bible says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, we're not to conform, we're to reform. We're not to conform, we're to perform for God. We're to be obedient to Him. And he says that will happen by the renewing of your mind. Then, this is a key verse, guys, for today. This is a key verse for the whole series that matches up with what Daniel did. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, If we don't conform to the way this world wants, if we aren't a thermometer but we remain a thermostat, you know what's going to happen? We're going to live our best life. We're going to be able to test and improve. That means live out God's plan and we're going to experience our best life. Are you guys ready for that this year? Do you want to experience God's best for your life? Well, we're going to dig in. Mm-hmm. Taylor, tell us a little bit about who this Daniel character was. We're gonna look at him for four weeks. who was Daniel?
1: Yeah, absolutely so uh, I am super excited as well to be here and so I want to start off in order to fully understand who Daniel is and for us to have the full context when we go into the next several weeks and as we hear more, we have to understand like who is this character So this is the part that I absolutely love. I love this whole situation. I love all of these different ages in here so this is a response. You can actually respond in this. All right. I know this is going to be uncomfortable, but who was Daniel? Who can just tell me something about Daniel? Anyone? Oh wait. Anyone. Daniel on the lines then. Okay, that's like a big one. Nice job. <laughs> so that's a big one. All right. Anything else about Daniel? What else do we know about Daniel? he was a leader. Thank you. Yes. All right. Anything else? What else about Daniel? This is a very complicated guy. Okay. So like there's a lot to him. He was faithful. faithful. Exactly. So lion's then a leader, faithful, anything else? One more time. Anyone else got anything else about Daniel? Non-conformist. Yes, exactly. Exactly kind of what we're talking about here. So there's a lot to Daniel. We actually underestimate how much there is to Daniel. He's a very, very layered character. We often just think about the lion's den, which is a great story. That's the story that we talk about in Sunday school. That's the story that we talk about when we're with people and we go, oh, yeah, I want to be like brave like Daniel in the lion's den. But like Daniel had so many more layers to him. So in order to fully understand him, we have to kind of break down who he was. So something we need to know about Daniel was that he was with, along with the rest of the Jewish people, he was in exile, okay, in Babylon. So in Babylon, the, they were kind of ruling over the Jews who had been exiled. There was a large group of them that went, and he was a part of that group. Something different about him was the fact that he was a part of already a pretty wealthy and noble family in the Jewish culture. So he came in actually already having like some money. He was not Uh, you could say poor or anything, and he was pretty well educated. Well, what happened when he came in was the king at the time decided that he was going to take a group of young people and educate them for three years. And he was a part of that group. So for three years... They came, they, they, were, they were taught, they were trained under the king of Babylon, and he wanted them to then stand before him at the end of the three years, and he was either going to, you know, deem them, yes, you passed, or whatever, and then give them a job, essentially. A couple other interesting things about Daniel was the fact that he was actually a teenager when all of this happened. So, we think of like some like maybe a older person when we think of all of his stories, but actually his stories really do span his whole life. Like we start at the very beginning and kind of like keep going forward. And so he was a teenager when all of this happened. And the Bible even says, God says in the Bible that God blessed him with wisdom when he was in his youth. <laughs> So that means that God did not wait for him to kind of grow up and become an adult, for him to bless him with wisdom. God was like, this guy, I'm blessing him with wisdom, I'm blessing him with intelligence, Uh, I'm, I'm blessing him with all these things in his youth. And so for the Bible to say that is actually very, very important for us to know. Another very interesting fact about Daniel that we don't think about is the fact that he had three very good friends that were also part of this whole thing with him, and these names will sound familiar, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three guys are also part of another story. What story are they a part of? Who can tell me? The fiery furnace. And so these three guys, it's very interesting that all four of them were best friends. And so you have one that was thrown into a lion's den and another who was thrown into a fiery furnace. I mean, these guys just had that way of luck, apparently. (laughs) They just really like to get themselves into trouble. And so it's very interesting to see how they actually were growing up together. They all went through this training together. And so what happened was because Daniel was intelligent, because he was gifted wisdom by God, because he was chosen to be trained by all of these, uh, you know, with all these other people, and he was in exile and he was Jewish, and so they were there in Babylon, he actually ended up, you know, passing all of these tests successfully. And at the end of the three years, he was given this position in the kingdom. The king really took a liking to Daniel and he gave him a position as a government official and an administrator that actually oversaw a very large portion of the kingdom, okay? So when we kind of come into this story, Daniel was a very smart guy, given gifts by God, made a government official, and overall not in a very bad place in life in total. So Daniel had a pretty good in the eyes of the world, Daniel had a lot of the nice things that we would like. He had the good job. He had favor with the king. He had favor with God. He was in a pretty good position. And so as we kind of read the rest of Daniel, we have to understand because in our minds and in our culture, when you're kind of set up like that and life is good, you don't want to mess that up. Like for us, we're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do anything to like mess that up. And so as we read about Daniel, we kind of start to see how like Even though he had all of this, he did a lot of things that still at any minute, all of that could just be taken away. And so we have to kind of understand where he's coming from in order to fully understand then what it meant to be like uh, resolved and committed and and confident in who God was. So what exactly does this mean with having to be resolved? And so Andy, how exactly did Daniel try to follow God in this? Can you shed some light on that?
0: I will. You know, what's fascinating is all of us, when things are going well, that's the last time we want to mess it up. Like when it's going well, what we're doing is trying to keep from messing up the good thing we got going. And, and in Daniel's case, now he's been st- stolen, he's been taken captive from this land, from Jerusalem, brought to Babylonia, which is the enemy territory. That's where uh, the Babylonians are known for their sinfulness and their wickedness. So he's been taken from his home. Think about that. All the people he knew. And he's been brought with some of these other young men and other people. There were three waves, by the way, that were taken captive from Jerusalem to Babylonia, or Babylon. And, and they were brought there. And, and yet, now out of all the events he's been given a great opportunity isn't it amazing that it's in the chaos that sometimes our best opportunities come so if you're going through a challenge right now maybe that's a good thing maybe god's going to shake up what's happening in your life he shook daniel up daniel could have just been content where he was god put him in a new situation and and he had a real opportunity to either follow god and and do what god wanted to do or he could have messed it up so let's Take a look at what the secret is of living a life of resolve because Daniel does it so well. In fact, later on we find out in one of the, vers- one of the chapters, I think it's seven or eight, where Daniel says, I was blameless before God. You know what that means? Blameless doesn't mean he was perfect blameless doesn't mean he never messed up blameless means he was up to date in his relationship with god he was right with god he he was tracking with god with all his heart even though he had in his humanness messed up and failed at times he was he was tracking with god that's who daniel is so that's why we look at him that's why there's a whole book on daniel about about how to live and not conform to the world so how does he do it well let's take a look daniel Chapter 1, we're going to look starting at verse 3 because the the beginning of that just is the preamble. But it says, Then the king, this is the king of Babylon, ordered Aspenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. There we get a, a sense like these kids, these teens, probably 15 to 16, 17 years old, that are being brought into the service at the royal court. Like they're not maybe infants, but on the other hand, they're not adults. They're impressionable and they've, been, they've come from royal family and nobility. Like Taylor said, they, they maybe had the silver spoon, so to speak, like things were going well. And here it says, they were young men without any physical defect, handsome. Some of you are like, yeah, okay, I, I could fit that crowd. <laughs> Showing aptitude for every kind of learn, learning, well-informed, quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. So Aspenaz, this chief court official who answered to the king, was to take all these young men and mold them, shape them. Basic training on how to be Babylonian, which isn't a good thing if you're a follower of God. Do you know that you're in the same basic training? The world has you in basic training. It's trying to mold you and to shape you and to form you into Babylonians, into sinners and to people who will live according to the pattern of this world. You're in basic training. The question is, what are you going to do in the midst of that training? And it says, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. Think about that. That's your high school career, teens. Like, like your, your four-year college thing. Okay, some of us did it in seven or eight. We were overachievers, but I'm, you're supposed to do it in four, okay? Okay. <laughs> The king is, and so he assigned them. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are the names we don't know, but now let's go on. It says the chief official gave them new names. You know, a name signified who you were. And so when he gave them new names, he said, we're gonna change them. We're gonna change you. Do you know that the world says people, in your community say, people at your workplace and and at school and wherever you're at, your friends, they say, I'm gonna change you. I'm gonna give you a new name. I'm gonna form you into someone that looks like me someone that likes to do what i like to do cuz i like like misery loves company we want we want a gang right and that that's what's happening so you're being recruited i just that that's what's happening here and the chief official gave them new names to Daniel the name Belshazzar to Hananiah Shadrach to Mishael Meshach and to Azariah Abednego so he changes them from their jewish name who they're supposed to be into he gives them new names he's trying to form them into what they shouldn't be and you feel that same pressure it's called peer pressure it, 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 it's called, well, it's called a lot of different things. It's called there are influencers out there trying to influence you, try to move you to follow something else other than God. And it's really not that hard, is it? Like all you got to do is watch TV, watch your favorite TV show or, or your cable show, listen to, you know, this podcast or that podcast, watch that TikTok, and all of a sudden, you begin to think differently than God thinks. And that's what's happening here but it says now this is the key i I want you to see this this is the absolute key and and we'll come to it but daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way now you say what's this about food by the way we're going to be doing this thing called seek him first that starts next week next sunday we're going to kick that off and we're going to have a week of fasting and prayer you guys ready for that Nobody's ready for fasting and prayer. Well, we're, hopefully we're, we are because that's how we're going to experience God. You see, when, when we set aside the rich foods, we experience God in a new way. And so starting next week, I'm calling you as your, as your pastor to fast and to pray for a week. Now we're going to do the Daniel fast. Tell us about the food. Daniel, he didn't eat. All the rich foods? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Daniel, you know, it says that he resolved not to defile himself with the royal food, and this doesn't seem like that big of a deal to us, uh, especially when, I mean, I get it. I absolutely love food. I could probably eat all the time it's a problem but uh i love food and so i get it where like the rich food the royal food would have been a lot of like the best food around okay but the problem was was that the jews were requested by god and told by god to only have a pretty strict diet because he wanted them to be separate he wanted them to be a separate and holy people they were there they were they were his people and so therefore if he started to eat that food it meant that then he was kind of slowly starting to like buy into that culture and he was then absorbing that culture. And so by not eating that food, by resolving not to eat that food, it wasn't that the food wasn't good. It was the fact that he needed to know that he was reminding himself that God had set him aside and set him apart and reminding him of how the Israelites were called to be different, how the Jewish people were called to be different and to be set aside. And so it seems very small and, and, and tiny, and we're like, what's the big deal? But I think that we can all relate to the fact that something that kind of can seem very small and tiny can be a very slippery slope very fast into something that we should not be doing. And so that's why he ultimately resolved not to.
0: All right. And so. That's what we're going to be doing for a week. We're going to be not eating the rich foods because when we do that, it's, it makes our spirit more sensitive to hear from God. We want you to hear from God. We want you to know what he's calling you to do. But this, this is absolutely the, the thing that I want us to see. Let me, let me get here. Is it, is it coming on the screen? There it is. Resolve is what Daniel does because look what it goes. I'm going to go back to here. It says, but Daniel resolved, verse eight. This is the secret to the whole thing. But Daniel resolved do you know what it means to resolve it means to set in your mind firmly it means to purpose in your heart you see you can't start this new year and say well i don't know what's going to happen this year and i'm just going to go aimlessly if you aim at nothing you will hit nothing right and that's really what it is resolve is setting your mind to do something and then let it get hard i poured some concrete this year we did a patio behind the house this summer and i put the forms out and uh, it was all part of the process and we we had to dig out some dirt put some gravel in we got it all set big concrete truck came and we put the concrete in about three or four hours that thing started to set up and it got super hard like you weren't going to move it once once it was all once it was all and like it was there that's what it was going to be that's where it was going to be i couldn't move it anymore That's what resolve is. You see, resolve is deciding something in our mind and then letting it firm up like concrete. And and that's what Daniel did. You see, that was the secret to living a a, a life that didn't conform, but rather reformed. Living a life that was like a, a thermostat, not a thermometer. It 's all about setting our mind firmly, and then God does what he's going to do. so mm-hmm. what uh, we're talking about this, what does it take to to resolve?
1: Yeah, ultimately, what it takes to resolve is for us to commit and to know that that we are confident in God, and we are confident in what he has for us. So what does this specifically look like, though, as a follower of Jesus when the rest of the world is pulling us millions of different directions is another story entirely, I think.
0: Yeah. I honestly think this. When I look at the story of Daniel, when I look at his life, you know what he does? He burns the boats. Cortez was back, I don't know, 1500s, 1600s. He was a Spaniard. He was a conquistador. Pretty cool, isn't it? That just means conqueror. So he was a, he was a conqueror. And he, took, he, wanted to, he wanted to go to Mexico because there was, there was a great empire there, and there were stories about all the jewels and the gold and the silver that just filled the land. And there had been numerous expeditions to go defeat the people who were in Mexico and to get that treasure. Uh, that's, that was the holy grail that was the thing everybody wanted to do and so cortez got sent with 600 men to go across the atlantic and go get that treasure the thing is a lot of people didn't think he could do it you know why because far greater armies far with far more resources had already tried it and failed so how did this guy think with only 600 men he was going to conquer this this whole empire So he sets off across the Atlantic, this very dangerous trip, uh, all the way, you know, all the storms, and he gets to Mexico, and he anchors the ships, and then he rows all the men in, and they're all arrayed on the beach. And he turns around, and he gives an order no other commander had given. He says, burn the boats. And at that moment, they lit, torched all the boats that were in the harbor and they burned up. You see, (laughs) he took away the fallback plan. He took away the fallback plan. Every other commander up to that point, every other conquistador, conqueror, they always had a way back out. If it didn't go well, well, we can always go back to the boat. If it doesn't go well, if if, if we just can't persevere, if we can't be resilient, if it doesn't go our way, We can always just get back on the boats and go. And guess what? Because that option existed, they all took it. That's really what we're seeing here with Daniel. Daniel burns the boats, he gets rid of all the other options in his life, save one. And that is, he resolves, he firmly decides, he purposes in his heart that he is going to follow the God of the Israelites, the God of the Jews, and, and he's not going to conform, he's not, he's not going to become Babylonian, and he burns those boats, and I want you to know that this was not a small thing, like he was set up, Daniel, like he had it going on, he was, he was moving quick to the top, even though he was a foreigner, like they had groomed him, and like he was on the fast track, if he just keeps his mouth shut, if he just conforms and does what they ask him to do, but he, he doesn't do that. Because he knows there's a far greater return. That's our challenge, isn't it? What's the challenge for all these guys, Taylor? To, yeah. uh, to put this into action, to, like where the rubber meets the road.
1: Yeah. So there's several different things that we can take. And as, as we said earlier, like we're going to continue unpacking this whole concept in the next several weeks. But the concept of just having a backup plan and like all of that can, can be something that we can all relate to. And I totally, I totally understand. I mean, I work with teens. I have a backup plan and my backup plan has a backup plan and, and my backup plan of the backup plan has a backup plan. Mm. Like I have all these backup plans. And so like, it's because you don't want anything to go wrong. And so I'm always going, okay, what can we do? And in the last minute if something does go wrong or if something messes up or whatever. And so I understand the concept of having a backup plan, but at the same time, a backup plan and realizing that you know, you're know you just set and this is going to happen are, are two different things. Being prepared is one thing, but I also understand that having a fallback plan, having that can also be a dangerous thing for us because it does not challenge us. Because oftentimes when we have an exit ramp, when something hard comes along, We will take the exit ramp, you know. Like nine times out of ten, we are going to take the exit ramp, and so we have to understand that, like, if we are going to, you know, be resolved when things get hard, there is no exit ramp. It is you and God. That is how it is, and so we have to be resolved to do that. But that brings up some challenges, and so we did end up breaking down a couple different challenges today. And I want to make this very clear before I kind of go through the challenges. Just because I kind of put a certain challenge to a certain age group does not mean it does not apply to every age group, okay? I'm just going to make that clear, because all of these can actually be applied to every single one of us. But I wanted to specifically today give a challenge and a verse for each of these groups. So... First challenge is for kids. If any kids are listening at all and you're not coloring or whatever you're doing, okay, (laughs) this is a challenge for you. Love God with your whole heart, and that means a lot. Loving God with your whole heart is loving him with, like, this much. Alright? So you're going to want to love him with your whole heart and not just like a little bit of it, not half of it. And your verse today is Mark 12 verse 30. And that is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that is a big verse but it is something that we can all do. Okay? So that is your verse today. And you can ask your parents to look it up again later and memorize it. I don't care. You come and tell me on a Sunday. I will be so happy if you go memorize it and come tell me. So The the second challenge is for teens and young adults. This one, this was a good challenge because this also hit home for me, okay? So stop letting this world tell you how to be a Christian. And this also can go for adults, but this is so key. We are challenged to be different and oftentimes what happens is we allow the rest of the world to shift our perspective of God instead of allowing God to shift our perspective of the rest of the world. And so we have to realize that we allow all of these voices to come in, like it is no joke. Social media is no joke, okay? Because it will allow all these other voices to come in and to try and shape your perspective of God when instead you should be allowing the Bible and what God says about himself to shift your perspective of social media, and from the world, and your friends, and your family, and everything, and so my challenge for us is actually in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God and listen this verse I really felt it just kept coming to my mind when I was writing this it kept popping up and popping up and popping up and I feel like this is so key because there are a lot of voices but we have to be resolved to run the race of life and stay focused on God and Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith God is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith and he was for Daniel as well he stayed focused on God and God helped him actually run that race of life And then thirdly and finally, we have the challenge for adults. Stop chasing the things of this world as a replacement for God. And I get it. It can be so easy because it is easy to just go ahead and and when there's a hole, you just fill it with whatever people tell you. When there's something that, that is missing, you just go ahead and you just like slap some tape on it, and it's going to be totally fine. And we start chasing things of this world because we think that they're going to fill us up. We think that they're going to make us happy. But then we also have the concerns and the worries of family members and friends and children and spouses and all of that where all of a sudden you're trying to focus on everything else. And so we start chasing the world to make us feel safer, to make our plan better, to make the year go well. And so as we head into 2023, we can get really focused on everything else. And this is your guys' verse. In Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Everyone at the end of the year needs to take a deep breath and let it out as we go into the new year. Because it is easy for our focus to immediately be pulled a million different directions. We're thinking about all these things we have to do for work. But the key to a life of resolve is deciding that the purpose of our life is to pursue God in everything with all that we are. And so ultimately our challenge, no matter which kind of category you might have fit in, or even which category of the challenge actually hit home today, our challenge really is to be resolved, to be focused, on God and pursuing Him with the purpose of our life, and He is going to bring everything into fruition, even when it doesn't seem possible. And so that's how we want to start the new year, that's how we want to go into the new year, because it's gonna set us up for not just the new year, but the rest of our life and everything else that seems to come with it. So Andy, tell us exactly though how, because the thing is is that we have these challenges, but oftentimes finding the next steps can be really the most difficult part
0: yeah and i yeah, i tell you there's the, here 's the problem with this whole thing. We all resolve to do things, and then sometimes it falls apart it 's the third week of January, and we don 't go to the gym because we 're tired or we don 't continue to be generous because we all of a sudden re- hit a rough spot in our finances or whatever it might be so how how do we do that like like how do we turn resolve how did daniel like have resilience that's a big word we've heard the last couple of years. how do we have resilience in this resolve well i'll tell you what it, it it starts with the inside job and the inside job is setting our mind on what god wants us to do deciding firmly that that's what we're going to pursue but but it it starts with the inside job but it doesn't end there because look what it says i love cha- verse nine in chapter one Th- this this is awesome. You see, first it says Daniel resolved. That was verse 8, right? That was the inside job. But it says, now God. Daniel resolved, and now God. See, it says, now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. The reality is, and until you firmly resolve in your heart, you set in concrete that you're going to follow God, guess what, you're not gonna experience his best in your life. You're not gonna unleash the power of God in your life because he first wants you to firmly say, I'm gonna burn the boats. I'm burning all the other options and I'm I'm gonna follow God. I'm gonna do what he wants me to do, even though the world's calling me to conform, even though the easy way out would be to do all these other things one of my favorite verses Romans 12:1 and 12:2 that says 12:1 it's actually 12:2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world there it is again but be transformed by the renewing of your mind what is that that's daniel resolved that's setting firmly in your heart what you know God is calling you to do what's God calling you to do this year some of you God is calling you i i believe somebody's going to call God's going to call somebody here at the valley to pastoral ministry. Are you, are you going to go? I remember when God called me. I had to ask Him. I had to pray that He would take my job away because I, I, I was I was afraid I'd never, <laughs> I'd never take the step that God had called me to take. And then He took took it away. Sometimes we need help. Like like I wanted that fallback plan just in case. Like. Uh, some of you are holding back some of you are supposed to be generous you know you're supposed to take a step in your finances put him first it's holding you back from the kingdom of god that money is getting in the way of the step you need to take but that's your fallback plan but i need that money what will happen if i give it away what if i and you've got all these fallback plans you're in a relationship that you know is not god's plan for you at least it's not in the way it is right now and you need to break that relationship But you're unwilling to do that because that's your fallback plan. Well, I gotta have some kind of relationship. If God doesn't provide, then I I at least need an earthly relationship. And you've got a fallback plan. But that'll never happen. You see, you first resolve in your heart, I'm gonna do it your way, God. And then it says, now God. Then, that's the then. Then you'll be able to test and approve. You'll be able to live out. That's what test means. You'll be able to live out and, and you will approve of his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, some of the, re- the reason that some of you have not experienced God's b- best in your life, you've not experienced God's best for your life, is that you've, you've not resolved to do it. You've always kept one foot in and one foot out. You, you've said, well, I gotta have a fallback plan. I can't go all in for God because some bad things might happen in my life. I might not have what I need. Daniel didn't do that in the midst of a foreign land without people around him without really any political like people to help him he just he just decided to be a thermostat instead of a thermometer now god if you want to experience the now god in your life you're going to have to firmly resolve we're going to give you an opportunity to take some steps now go ahead taylor
1: yeah, so we want to end, even, this is a unique Sunday, and so I'm excited about it. I think this is awesome, but we're going to end with what's called response stations. So one of the best ways to actually, you know, confirm in our minds, like, what we feel like, like God is calling us to is to then go ahead and step forth in response to what God is doing. And so I know that we, we do have them available on the screen. We can go ahead and pull up that slide. So there's a couple different things that we have around the room as you walked in. You'll notice The thing is, is that we have uh, over here, we have a cross and that is for surrender and confession. And so you can write things on a piece of paper and you can go ahead and put it on a nail. We have a prayer wall over here we have communion in the back, so you can take communion like with your family. We also have the option to give, so giving with your family as well is super important and very key, is going ahead and taking your kids and going back there and giving. We have the joy boxes in the back, and then we also have invitation. So there's a table right there in the back that you can go to with invitation cards, and we want you to fill that out. We want you to think of someone and go ahead and write down their name, and then write a prayer for them and carry that with you throughout the rest of the week. And here's the thing. In a moment, we're We're going to stand, and the other option is that you can stand and just sing. But I really, really encourage you guys to go ahead, and you can go by yourself. You can go with your whole family. I encourage you to go and, and, and use these opportunities as a response as we kind of go through the next level of, of worship here and just responding to what Jesus has for us. So as you guys just go ahead and prepare your hearts, think about where you would like to go, whether it's going back and taking communion or coming up and writing and on the wall here, the prayer wall, we just encourage you guys to take this moment to respond so you can go ahead and, and stand with the worship team here. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook,
0: YouTube, or download our app today to stay connected with all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you or changed your life, share it with a friend because changed lives, change lives.